Welcome to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, professional fractional CMO for B2B companies and host of the podcast. I'm deeply committed to transforming the world through technology, one company at a time. So stick with me until the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest with just 15 to 20 minutes of your time. I'm glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back, everyone. This is the CEO and Founder Magic Podcast. I am excited today to have... Uh, John Bernadovich with me uh, from Willery, and he's got a bunch of cool stuff going on that I think you're going to be excited about. So, John, welcome. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Thank you, Sheila, and appreciate all the work you're doing in creating opportunities for uh, us CEOs and founders to learn from each other. And uh, super blessed to have a very unique entrepreneurial journey in, in, my, in my spirit. I started my career after realizing that I couldn't follow my true passion of being a professional golfer, I played Division One golf at Kent State University and realized there were a lot of really great golfers out there beside myself and the realistic side of my brain got the better of me. And really, honestly, my aspiration when I grew up as a kid was to have a family and own my own business. And I was fortunate to uh, marry my wife at 24 years old. We're still married today, which is a, is a big accomplishment. We have two kids, my son, Will and Mallory, and they're, they're a huge, my son, Will, and my daughter, Mallory, I clarify. And the, the really cool part about my entrepreneurial journey is I started off working in corporate America. I got bit by the entrepreneurial bug when I started a small vending company that did reverse osmosis water vending, which I still have today which is really cool to still have that 20 years later. And then I left my corporate job to join a boutique search firm where we did all types of executive search. And as my career and passion evolved over time, I ended up starting Willery in 2010. Will, Mallory, Combo, Willery. Part of my journey was convincing my wife in the middle of the 08, 09 recession and downturn of the economy to start my own business. She thought I was crazy and so did everybody else. And I probably did a little bit myself, but I knew there was something out there that was needed to support the HR and payroll community. And in that we started the the, ver the only firm that I've been able to find that has a combination of staffing and consulting services for the HR and payroll community. So we support clients with direct hire and temporary staffing support at the same time we do a lot of technology-based support around HR tech. In the midst of that, a few years later, I started another company that does fractional sales management. We've had that firm since 2017. It's called Keeneland Management Group. And I've been just so fortunate and blessed to have this entrepreneurial spirit. Both of my kids have an aspiration to own their own business, which is pretty cool. My son, a landscaping lawn service, and my daughter wants to own Art Gallery by Mallory. She's way into art. And so they're watching dad every single day, bust his butt, do my best to try to deliver support to my employees and, and, and run successful companies at the same time, be able to have people buy our services and us make a few a few bucks along the way. That That in short is my entrepreneurial journey and a little bit about myself. It's exciting. You've got a, a lot of different experiences. You're adding a value in a lot of different ways. Um, if you think back to when you were starting that osmo reverse osmosis business, um, 
what's one of the things that you learned that might be helpful for somebody who's earlier on on their entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, and I'd say this was not something that was as relevant back then as it is today and something I've learned and evolved in the importance of my businesses is the idea of social entrepreneurship, the idea of making it bigger than it is inside of your business. A lot of business owners end up starting their own company because they don't want to work for someone else or they have a really great idea that they think can turn into something and they aspire to build that business and make money is typically what we see. And they sort sometimes don't have selfish motive. very, very selfish, very self-centric. And, and that's okay. That's, that's motivating. You, you, you were, we're all human beings and that's part of who we are and that's fine. From my standpoint over the years of having studied other businesses that were successful. And when I define success, I look at it in three ways. Number one, do you have employees that are engaged at work? Are they doing meaningful things? And do they enjoy going to their job every day? That's a big level of success. Secondarily, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs think about is, is my business successful? Does it make money? Do we have a good culture? Are we are we set up for success, short, medium, and long-term? And then lastly, the combination of having engaged employees that like what they're doing with a business that make money, those two resources should be and could be given back to something that's needed inside of your community, some sort of social connection within your, your area that might be so, helping to solve the homeless challenges you may have or some of the issues you may have in your school systems or whatever that may be that that, that you may not think as a for-profit business you can make a difference in. And really from my, my perspective, I was really selfish in starting my businesses. I had an idea or I thought I could provide a service and I wanted to make money to provide that for my family. And over time, I realized the importance of having that purpose-driven commitment as a CEO. And what it did for me is it gave me a true intention about what I was doing every single day that was much broader, much more important, frankly, than for delivering HR and payroll staffing support or selling reverse osmosis water or fractional sales management support. It gave something larger, more important, bigger than me. And then as a result, my team, our employees at Willery specifically became very, very interested in that social that social entrepreneurship and the ability to support our charitable partner, with this, which in Willery is Youth Opportunities Unlimited, YOU, which is a Cleveland-based nonprofit supporting youths to become economically self-sufficient. And we give our time, we give our money to that individual organization, and we run our business around one goal, which is to put through 100 students through the program. And that's $250,000 of donated money over a decade. And it's also giving our time, our team members time to their mission, which is supporting those youth and students. So to summarize, have a purposeful commitment in your business. Yes. Have a purposeful commitment in your business. And you all, what, uh, one last thing I want to mention, Sheila, in studying this, I've asked the question to a thousand people, what is the purpose of your business? The only ones that can give me a clear response that I've found are nonprofits. Now, nonprofits are built out of a purpose. They need to solve a community-based challenge or, or issue that existed and they build a business around that purpose, whereas entrepreneurs build a business. And in essence, I'm recommending and encouraging you to reverse engineer a purpose around that. The other thing I recommend, and I wrote in a book 
called HR Like a Boss, is that your purpose should be four words or less. It should be really clear and everybody should be able to repeat it that knows about your business. And for example, inside of Willery, we empower people. That is our purpose. We know we're not going to empower every single person that's out there, but our, our mission, our, our purpose, and what we do is to try. And that, that I think is something I wish I would have known 20 years ago. I probably could have made even more of an impact in our community than I've been able to today. Well, that's great. Very inspiring. Tell us a little bit more about the book. The book is called HR Like a Boss. And it'll be published by Sherm Books. For those of you that don't know what Sherm is, it's the largest HR association in the world. They have almost 330,000 members across the globe. And they have a very small publishing arm. They publish two types of books, thought leadership, influencer books that are more like HR Like a Boss. And then they have the how-to books of how to build a sales compensation, how to build a, a handbook for your organization, the more tactical activities and I was referred to by one of their authors who found out I was writing my book, HR Like a Boss. And the way he found out about it is I made my goal of writing my book very public because I knew I needed that motivation, that that community-based, how are you doing, what's going on with it. And as a result, three years of writing later, we are on the verge of publishing the book sometime between May 23rd and June 11th. For those of you that have written a book, we're at the stage of finalizing our date as I'm recording this podcast. And the book is really around a guide to amazingly awesome HR. And it goes back to what I mentioned before. How are we delivering HR for our employees? How are we driving results for our business? And how are we making a difference inside of our communities? And I believe other than a CEO, that HR, that's the main function inside of a business that can have a cascading effect on those three areas. No disrespect to our marketing friends like Sheila or sales or production or IT, HR has the greatest opportunity to impact the things I just described. And the book is a guide to doing all those things. That's exciting. Uh, so if any of our listeners are thinking about writing a book, what tips would you give them? Oh, great question. First and foremost is to do it. That would be the number one thing that I would say. I had imposter syndrome when I started writing my book because I didn't read books when I grew up and was an adult. And frankly, I didn't end up consuming books until I learned of audiobooks. And now I've listened to way more books than I ever imagined I ever could have consumed because of that platform. I would first tell you to do it. Secondarily, what, what worked for me is I read a book called Atomic Habits. And in Atomic Habits, it talked about this 1% incremental small atomic improve, small atomic improvements lead to really big things. And so I set scheduled a writing plan for myself, which included every weekend for about a year committing that I'm going to write at least a thousand words a, a, a weekend. And if I got those thousand words for a year, I'd have 50,000 words, which was basically my goal. And I did that consistently. I did not negotiate with myself with that. That was a set goal that I that I stuck with. Some weekends I got 500, some weekends I got 2,500 and netted out to around 70,000 words, which I can't even believe we got to that point. And then the last thing that we did, and I say we because I had a lot of support is I hired a writing coach. And I also had someone on my team, my director of marketing, who was really my my wind behind my back, my encourager, my number one coach in that sense, and that she just was always encouraging me, always suggesting that what you're writing is going to make a difference. And it was good because I, I'm, I'm described as a semi-professional writer in the manuscript by my publisher, which is probably a little bit too generous. 
And I just did, I just did it. I had a plan and I was committed to it. And I had people that supported me and that that's the way I got it done. That's great. And I know so many people out there are thinking of that kind of thing. And you touched on several important points, you know, getting past your imposter syndrome, actually doing it, setting up a schedule uh, to hold yourself accountable. All of those things are really, really important. Um, And that's probably a system that you've used in developing all of your various businesses as well. So as, as we sort of wrap up today is what are a couple of things that you would leave our listeners, mostly CEOs and founders with? Yeah, they're the two things we talked about. Number one is to make sure you have a purpose inside of your business. Make sure you individually have a purpose inside your business. We see a lot of examples of Warren Buffett or the Gates family where they build these massive enterprises and then they give, they, they, their, their legacy is giving away their money to organizations and community and global issues that exist. And I wonder what would have been like if Bill Gates would have had that purposeful commitment in his dorm hall or garage when he and all those folks were at Harvard were, were building out Microsoft. I just wonder the potential impact that they would have had in that regard. Have a purpose for your business. Be real clear about it. You have to believe in it, and then you'll likely attract people into your company. As a result of that, as a, as a next step is having core values inside of your business that you can set as foundational aspects of hiring and firing and development for your team and making sure you attract people into that. And then secondarily, I know we talked about my book, but the primary reason why we did that is there's only one founder of our firm. I was I learned this in a founder marketing, which I'm sure Sheila is a, a big aspect of the coaching and outsource consulting that you provide. There's only one founder. My marketing director educated me on that. And as my brand grows, so too do the businesses that I'm associated with. And I will say writing a book is le- is probably the greatest professional accomplishment I'll have other than starting my business. When I think about what people want to talk about when they talk about talk with me is you played golf, you beat Tiger Woods. That's a true story. And I played in college and did a lot of fun stuff on the golf course. I got married. I had a family. I started a business and I wrote a book. That's basically the John Bernadovich story in a short, in a short 15 minute podcast. And writing a book has opened so many doors to me. This podcast, as an example, I now have Sheila as a friend in my network that we can potentially collaborate on who knows what. And if I hadn't written the book, I likely wouldn't be on this show right now. And it's it's opened up so many doors for me and has allowed me to showcase my story at the same time, highlight the cool parts about my business. Absolutely. John, how can people get in touch with you? Easiest way is email john at willary.com, J-O-H-N at W-I-L-L-O-R-Y.com. I also have my two the two websites that we talked about today, willary.com, W-I-L-L-O-R-Y.com. That's the staffing and consulting firm. And then you can learn all about the book at hrlikeaboss.com, H-R-L-I-K-E-A-B-O-S-S, hrlikeaboss.com. Awesome. Well, John, it was great having you on the show. Uh, we will be back next time with another great CEO. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. It's powerful, uh, really important stuff. And having a purpose is critical. Until next time, thanks. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to CEO and Founder Magic, the podcast for entrepreneurs with stories to tell about your success. If you felt like this podcast interview captured your story, would you share it on social media? It's easy. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social account. Be sure to use hashtag CEO Founder Magic and tag anyone you think would be a great guest. I love to see your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to be sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe and we'll be excited to have you listen. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. And if you know of other business-to-business company CEOs who have compelling stories and who might like to be on this program as well, please visit keo.bz slash book today. That's keo.bz slash book today. And if you want to know more about our fractional CMO program, just go to our website, do a a search on services for fractional CMO, or you can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at KEO Marketing. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. I'm Sheila Clefcorn, and it's been a pleasure having you on CEO and Founder Magic.